Hello, and welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Fred Burton with the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. During my years as a counterterrorism agent with the U.S. State Department and time spent as a physical security expert in the private sector, I've seen it all and met many fascinating people along the way. This podcast series explores the riveting world of safety, security, and protection through conversations with leaders in the field. I'm Fred Burton, and now on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Fred Burton, and I'm here today with Bruce Mills, the Chief Security Officer of the Hyatt Corporation. In his role, Bruce oversees over 160,000 associates and nearly 1,400 hotels and resorts in 74 countries. Bruce is responsible for all security and life safety programs and initiatives, including physical and technical security, emergency preparedness and crisis management, travel safety and internal investigations, and brand protection activities. Prior to moving to the private sector, he spent nearly 25 years with the Diplomatic Security Service, attaining the rank of Special Agent in Charge, serving all over the world. Bruce, welcome to Ontic's Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thank you, Fred. Happy to be here. It's our honor, my friend, and it was great uh, running into you at uh, OSAC and uh, catching up and so forth. And you've had quite the career in both the public and private sectors. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got to Hyatt. You know, um, oftentimes people say you can find a good job when you have a good job, right? I was the chief security officer with Cubic Corporation, a San Diego-based defense and transportation entity. Uh, I had a global reach and uh, um, had, had, was enjoying my time, uh, quite challenging. And um, I think I had, still have a little bit of that DS uh, syndrome in my blood, and that is every every three, four years, we get antsy in it uh, and start looking, right? And so the Hyatt job surfaced and it intrigued me and it in the essence it brought me back closer to to um you know my my comfort level and that's a, a purely global company uh with uh, challenges across the globe and uh yeah then it, it brought me there and uh and here i am so bruce uh when you think about your job on any given day what what worries you the most you know, that's a, a big question, uh, Fred, because, you know, being present in 74 countries, it's so varied on any given day. You know, uh, a, a domestic issue in the United States with workplace violence, uh, disgruntled customers that can escalate um, to to basically uh, natural disasters, uh, uh, hurricanes, floods, etc. around the world. Um, or, you know, the, the issues that we have uh, that we're facing in the Middle East. Uh, we have some properties that are in, uh, to be frank, war zones, active war zones, Ukraine um, and, and throughout the Middle East. So it's, it's so varied on any given day, it's hard to say which one's most critical. Yeah, that's simply uh, amazing. And uh, I have no doubt uh, your, your background within diplomatic security certainly uh, – I feel very blessed to have spent time in the organization to, to help us look at the world. And, and on that note, you've traveled to 170 countries, and you know I, I can't imagine the cultural differences in security operations you've had to learn and adapt to. 
Tell us how you've gone about this and, and what tips do you have for other security programs operating on a global scale? Well, you know, to start off with, Fred, it's nice to say that you can have global standards and, and certain expectations of a global nature. But the reality is um, there's such disparate uh, uh, cultural norms, uh, you know, in, very, in, in different areas of the world. You really have to be more nuanced and understand that the cultural differences, the expectations um, and, and how to manage a workforce um, that is so, so varied. So going in um, and understanding that a one-size-fit-all approach is, is not the most beneficial. Um, try, to, try to understand um, the capabilities, the strengths, and the weaknesses, and then, and then uh, addressed, uh, address those appropriately uh, for that region, for that country, for that city, for that workforce, right? So it's, uh, it's, it can be time-consuming, but... Um, uh, doing the research and your homework ahead of time um, can can solve the problem and uh, speed up the solution. Bruce, uh, it's it's hard not to touch on the topic of terrorism. You know, just based upon our collective past and and what you see, and you know, certainly the hospitality industry has been affected by that from a historical perspective. So, when you look at that. How has your sector evolved from a security perspective over the last, say, five years or so? You know, um, in the hospitality sector, it's a little di different from uh, maybe the defense sector or even the, the government sector, right? Uh, uh, where we in the government and even in defense uh, in certain commercial enterprises, you, you build a hardened presence, right? Very strong concentric rings of security. Um, and you try to keep people out and keep people keep people in safe, but in the hospitality, think about it this way. We never close our doors or we certainly don't lock our doors, right? Um, and we are an opening, welcoming environment. Uh, so it, it, it poses a whole series of, of concerns right off the front, right? So you'd be surprised at the other of how we've incorporated some of the, um, some of the physical securities, uh, pieces into the hospitality industry. Uh, you might not see it, but it, behind the scenes, you'll have, you know, x-ray machines and, and, and uh, explosive itemizers and bollards and uh, different environmental um, uh, factors um, you know, to, to sort of uh, control vehicles, uh, deliveries, uh, people, uh, separating them from from employees versus visitors, et cetera, et cetera, right? So a lot of uh, similar mitigations, but but doing so in, in a more of a open environment. So it's just, it's just, a, it's a very difficult, difficult work environment um, because you just literally got to keep the front door open. Yeah, I can only imagine of those challenges, especially on a global perspective. And, you know, certainly Bruce, uh, Hyatt is, one of those most well-known brands in the entire world. So from a security program perspective, how do you communicate with leadership on impending risk to the business? Meaning, how do you message that? Obviously, you know, we know you can't, you know, run around like your hair is on fire all the time, any threat might surface. So 
How do you go about handling those kinds of notifications to your bosses? Yeah, so, so it's good that you said bosses, right? I have probably 1,600 bosses. Um, think, about, think about a hotel as being a small uh, diplomatic mission, right? Each one of them has a general manager, and it's your, your, your familiarity back in the DS world, how close we worked with hotels, right? General managers, are, in essence, are, is the, the ambassador or the, the leader of that, uh, that particular property. Have a, they have a lot of uh, leeway, right, and a lot of authority. So uh, these are smart people, um, and uh, they're paid to keep the lights on. Uh, so when you bring a problem to them, right, when you identify a vulnerability, come with a series of mitigations. You know, let's simplify it. You identify a problem, uh, provide the solution. Uh, identify that right up front uh, because there, you know, time is of the essence. Um, and uh, uh, the last thing these folks want is to be uh, handed uh, an issue uh, and then and then have to start scrambling and thinking about how we gonna how we gonna work a way out of this. How do we keep the lights on? How do we keep the the business running, but uh, identifying and reducing that risk? So, yeah, do the homework, Fred, and uh, I think uh, that's led to uh, my my team's success here at Hyatt. Yeah, that's really interesting, and I think that's an interesting point for those who may be listening to this podcast looking to transition out of the government or the military or law enforcement, Bruce, as, as you and I both know, it's it's one thing to make that notification of that threat, whether you develop that through whatever sourcing you might have, make that notification and you kind of pass the buck for somebody else to deal with it. Um, I think what you said is is most interesting on how you Combine that with, you know, hey, here's some steps to perhaps mitigate that risk. Yeah, it's, it's important. Um, like I said, these people are are smart. Uh, before you become a general manager, you have worked your way up. Very similar. It's a very similar industry to the diplomatic world, right? These, these general managers of a, of a uh, full-scale uh, uh, property, uh, probably have 15, 20, 25 years on before they become a GM of a Park Hyatt, right? So they've done food and beverage and they've done rooms and they've done perhaps engineering side and uh, sales and development. Uh, so very well-versed, uh, very mature. Uh, and this is probably like, a, it's not the first time they might've seen <laughs> seen, a, seen a problem. Uh, but, you know, it's all about communicating. It's about building trust. Uh, and it's and coming uh, coming to them with a well thought out uh, plan based on whether it's your experience or just you know best practices in the industry. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first I wanted to tell you a little bit about Ontic's Center for Connected Intelligence. In the world of safety, security, and protection, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. That is why we created the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. The center is a hub for the ongoing exchange of security strategies and best practices, insights on current and past trends, and sharing valuable information through expert discussion and analysis. It's made up of seasoned experts across a wide range of disciplines. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, Check out the center by visiting ontic.co/center. 
That's ontic.co slash sinner. Bruce, uh, how have you found success in proving the business value of your security program to your 1,600 bosses in this case or or to uh, your C-suite? How do you go about doing that? You know, I I oftentimes will remind uh, my leadership why I'm here, right? Um, Our our model at Hyatt is, is, you know, we, we... uh, have safety and security at the, at the uh, forefront of our mission, right? Um, and so I, I uh, remind our leadership that it's important to uh, walk the walk, not just talk the talk, and that these um, uh, elements and these actions uh, that can uh, you know incrementally make our guests and colleagues more safe and our properties more secure is just in our best interest, right? And that um, safety and security just has to be a, a key and, and, and core component of how we do business. And I, I think, um, you know, I inherited this role. So it's, it's, I didn't invent um, the importance of safety and security and the culture to Hyatt. I think Hyatt has had a longstanding culture that uh, safety is uh, critically important uh, and, and, and woven into the, the business. So I'm, I'm carrying that flag and continuing the effort. Uh, but the, the culture has been a long, uh, broad, full uh, culture here at Hyatt of, of caring. Bruce, I know you and I started uh, back in the day, well, at least for me, where we work with typewriters and three by five index cards. And uh, <laughs> I can still yeah. remember getting the first computer in the office. Uh, that was a wing, if I remember. <laughs> it really was. And most of us just stood there looking at it, not sure what to do. But uh, uh, how have you thought about that? And based on your transition to the private sector, leverage technology in your security program to perhaps not only make your guests and your workforce secure, but to be more efficient? That's a good question, Fred. And, and um, it, it's, it's difficult given such a varied, you know, geographic uh, plane that, that Hyatt is, is playing on. Um, but we try to, to where we can, uh, bring forward standardized technology. A good example would be our video management system, right? Our, our CCTV. I'm, I think you're aware of, and the audience probably is aware of how important a CCTV system uh, is to a hotel security, both from a deterrent and a, and a forensic capability. So, you know, in the last several years, we 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 noticed that we had such a varied um, array of technology out in the field. So we've moved to standardize our video management system, which has allowed us to gain um, global view of our of our systems. You know, from from uh, while while activities occurring, and also to be able to peer in um, after the fact. Um, you know, so supporting investigations and what have you. Uh, so uh, trying to move. And at least in this area, to a standardized product also brings, um, you know, value, and it brings uh, uh, the ability to, for for uh, savings of funds. And uh, I think 
by showing showing that to leadership uh, where we could standardize and uh, get more bang for our buck, uh, we gained great support. So that that's one of the areas uh, where we're we're moving uh, out of the stone age and into the future. Yeah, that's interesting, and I could see how that would be just tremendous for a global brand like yourself just to have that one standard technology to be able to take a look at everything in either real time or for follow-up investigative purposes. Bruce, when you look out over the horizon at an industry like you're in, what do you think that's coming down the road that either will help protect a global workforce or perhaps something that you're seeing on the horizon that that uh, troubles you? You know, you, you talked about us being present in 1,400 uh, locations. We, My troubling aspect is the where we're working to develop the additional 600 in our pipeline, right? So uh, the hotel business, um, you name it, right? Just like it, when we were in the diplomatic field, we went somewhere. Where did we stay? We stayed in a hotel, right? Right. So uh, hospitality uh, will go anywhere and everywhere. And so my my greatest fear is expanding too soon um, and not having the right support structure, not having uh, the right elements woven into you know the construction, right? So. Um, Critically important to, and, and what we're doing here at Hyatt is including uh, our safety and security folks in at the very first uh, moment, whether it's at the development stage, um, working closely with the development team about uh, where they're interested in doing business um, and educating them to perhaps that unique risk environment. Uh, not that they can't do business there, but doing business with open eyes and understanding the risks, understanding the technology that needs to be built into that property. So, uh, you know, working with the design and teams as well. Um, so when we go into the business, we do it right. It's so difficult to try to retrofit a property uh, after the fact. Um, so doing it right, doing it upfront and, um, and, you know, uh, Ensuring, ensuring that the, the, the right uh, technology is in place uh, before day one. That's, that's a huge challenge for us. Yeah, I can only imagine the, the challenges with that. Let me walk you back in time, Bruce, to your days with uh, our old outfit, the Diplomatic Security Service. What was the best post that you served in and why? <laughs> um, you know, I had a pretty varied. I, I went from the, the the Columbias and the Israels and the Afghanistan's to to Norway, Sweden, and Germany, right? Um, but be honest with you, the best, most memorable, most impactful post was actually uh, Georgetown, Guyana. Um, it was my first RSO position. It was also where I was uh, uh, married and brought my wife, and we both worked there. And uh, uh, the environment was unlike I. Anything you, you could imagine. It was uh, the late 80s. Uh, yeah. A monstrous guard force and an uh, uh, infrastructure that was completely challenging uh, back in the day, right? Uh, we didn't have sure. telephones, no telephones in, in your homes, no TVs. <laughs> and yet that's uh, my most memorable t 
time of my career, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's uh, very fond memories, my friend. Is there anything that I haven't asked you, Bruce, that you would like to say? Oh, no, to be honest with you, Fred, I think um, I've been very fortunate. I've had a, um, a wonderful series of uh, careers, right, in my lifetime. And uh, I, I'm, I've been very uh, uh, blessed to have uh, had so many friendships along the way. And uh, I really uh, I appreciate uh, to rekindling our friendship. It was great seeing you recently. And uh, let's work together in the future. Well, thank you so much for being on the OnTIC Protective Intelligence Podcast, Bruce. Thank you, Fred. This episode was brought to you by the OnTIC Center for Connected Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co slash center. It was produced by A.J. McKeon. Our music is a track called Monteverdi Ride and was written by Brian Bristow and performed by Smoke and Novus. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcasts at ontic.co or visit ontic.co slash center for more information. Thanks for listening.